In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. All right, this is part two of our series on social media etiquette. I don't know exactly what we're going to call this series, but we are going to be talking today all about the question, what's the evidence for that? And if that sounds familiar to you, that's because it should be. We actually did a podcast about that question clinically a while back where we talked about why we feel that's a really lazy question, why we need to be careful what we wish for how that relates to research and what research there is and is not in this field and how that pertains. So if you guys want to go back and check that out, that is a whole separate conversation. But here we are talking about what is the evidence for that as like the evidence police on Instagram, on Facebook, on social media. Yeah, you guys. So this stuff has happened to me and I think it's happened to every single one of us as evidenced by your comments on some of the posts on Instagram that we've been doing over the last few weeks wanted to sort of bring this conversation to the forefront. I think that, you know, social media is a place where for some older folks like me, we used to think that it was kind of dumb, not for business, just for social interactions between friends and post a couple pictures of you having some beers and doing karaoke. (laughs) And now it's actually become a vehicle for educating patients for business success. I mean, we do a lot of Facebook and Instagram ads for business on there. Every post has dual purpose for us on the Pelvic Sanity Instagram account and really, frankly, the Nicole Cozine Instagram account. And it's really the reason that this has become such an important place. It's really the reason that the field has grown, I think, as fast as it has, because it's sure not because doctors are referring more. Yeah, totally. It's because we've educated patients well on these platforms that allow us to do that. And sometimes, I'm just going to call some bullshit out, I think that we collected the collective we lose a little bit of what the underlying purpose of social media is for pelvic PTs as a whole. And if you really think about it, if you have a patient-centered account, it's for patient education on how pelvic floor physical therapy can help pelvic floor related symptoms. Ultimately, it's to help get more people get help, help more people find out about pelvic PT, realize that their symptoms can be helped and make the decision to come in and actually get treatment. Like that's the underlying purpose for those of us who have patient focused accounts, generally speaking. Yeah. And marketing 101 is that go where your patients are getting their information. And a lot of it now is on social media. And we can go into that forum kicking and screaming like some of us did. But the reality is we just need to embrace it. But by embracing it, we have to have and we have to do a little bit of like PSA on social media etiquette, I feel. Because at the end of the day, 
how we, again, the collective we as pelvic PTs are presented online is, is going to benefit patients or hurt or patients. hurt patients, right? So if on a simple post that's trying to educate patients on not peeing in the shower, we have crazy amount of PTs going back and forth about opinions on whether or not this is really a thing. Bottom line is, is that on patient-centered accounts, we're help, we're talking to them about urinary urgency can be helped by pelvic PT. Is this really the forum that PT should be going back and forth being like, yes, this is a thing. No, this is not a thing. And Rasmussen said in 2011 that, you know, peeing in the shower was great. And it's like, well... You know, again, is that the form for it? So that's what really what we want to be talking about in this really this whole series. In the first part of this series, we talked about what a chilling effect it really has. And, you know, that's obviously a little bit of a silly example. But we've heard from so many of you who are afraid to post or taking forever to create a post because you're worried about being picked apart by your own colleagues, being stabbed in the back, basically, and called out on a patient-focused post. So we wanted to talk about the reasons that what's the evidence for that is not an appropriate question or any variation of that on another physical therapist posts and what to do basically instead. And that's really where we wanted to go with this. So the first thing to be thinking is, is this a account that is focused toward patient education or is this a practitioner account? And a lot of people don't get those jumbled. Yeah. And I think that really matters, right? What is the, it does help to take a step back. If you see a post and you're like, oh, dang, I don't know if I agree with that, or I don't agree with that at all, or that's a dumb thing to say. I would hope that you can take a step back and look at the intent and purpose of that post. Is that post done by a colleague of yours? And and is that post done in attempt to educate patients in a positive way? Now, if you see, just to do a little sidebar, if you see something on Nicole Cozine DPT, for instance, you can tell that most of those posts are practitioner facing. Then we have a little bit of a different comment etiquette that we can talk about here in a second. But for most of it, the pa- it's like, that's the first thing you should step back and look. Is this a patient-centered educational post that is meant to help patients? And if so, I mean, this is where like we're setting the bar. I feel like we've set the bar collectively again. And this is, again, this whole podcast episode is not to necessarily point fingers if you've been guilty of this in the past. This is just the culture that we've created online. And it's the culture that we want to change altogether going forward because it's really not a very healthy culture. But we want to set the bar a lot higher for posting something like that. Like, is this a post that's going to actively hurt patients? Is there an urgent public need for you to step in and play the evidence police? Is somebody who decides to stop peeing in the shower going to like rupture their bladder because they held it for so long? Probably not. Probably not, guys. (laughs) Like you're not saving anybody's life by jumping on there and saying, what's the evidence for peeing or not peeing in the shower? Totally. Now, and this makes a distinction between is The purpose of this is the post itself that you're thinking about commenting on. Is it going to hurt the person on the other end? 
Most of the time, the answer is actually no. It might be something that you 100% don't agree with. Like, I cringe at a lot of the Kegel posts that are going out because that can be misconstrued by patients. But at the end of the day, I usually do not post on that kind of stuff because I can see that somebody's just trying to tell patients what their clinical ethos is, basically. And just because I don't agree with that doesn't mean that that's the forum for me to step in and say, like, I think you are actually (laughs) inappropriately prescribing Kegels. Like, that's my clinical opinion. And I can tell you all the things why. I've actually done a lot of posts why. That's That's what I think. But that's, again, now, instead of going on to that clinician's post and raining on their parade in their house, crapping on their floor, now I can just go to my own house and make my own stuff. And then that's how we end up. And I'm going to educate the patients that I want to educate in the way that I think is appropriate. And that's how we can get more and more people educating about pelvic floor PT and frankly, the different philosophies that are out there. That's a great metaphor, Nicole. I love that of uh, thinking of your social media as your house, especially when, when I mean, that, that's been a transformation when I think all of us have had to get, or a lot of us at least, have gotten more serious about social media, hopefully more authentic in the stuff that you're putting out. And all of a sudden, that is part of your self-image. That is a reflection of you, which is why I think things can get so heated and sideways when somebody does come in and take a crap on your floor. Yeah, because it really, it's like we take pride. We we spend a lot of time crafting posts for the betterment of patients' pelvic health. And so it can be really off-putting and frankly, piss me off if somebody comes, it's, it would be the same thing. If someone comes into my house and starts to critique my furniture and my paint choices and my kitchen color and my backsplash and all that stuff, I'm going to be like, hey, get the hell out of my house. Like, I invited you here. And like, now you're shitting on my stuff. Yeah, just if you don't like to be in here, like, just like- Leave, or just keep don't Keep walking say by past, right. right. It's just like, what the heck? And that, I think, sometimes can also explain a little bit of why somebody is a little bit more aggressive on some of those comments, because it is like that. We do spend a lot of time doing that. There was a reason why, for instance, we posted about- in this instance, not peeing in the shower. And there's a reason and it's that we posted there. So it's yeah. like, it's like, why do we need to feel the need to like, come at me, bro? Don't come at me, bro. <laughs> Don't come at me, bro. Well, and there's also like this disconnect too, between the amount of time and thought and energy that goes into crafting a post versus the amount of time it takes for a stupid throwaway comment. Like what's the evidence for that? Right. Right. If you're going to listen to somebody's post and have an actual conversation, which we don't recommend on a patient focused form, I hope we're being clear with that. But that's one of the things that's so insulting about it is like we've taken all this time as a content creator to craft something, to actually put something out in the world that we're trying to make the world a better place. And you're not even bothering to like ask a good question about it. It's just this like generic like, oh, throwaway line almost. It's like, it's unthinking most of the time the people who are doing that haven't even bothered to read the the caption a lot of times. And the other thing about the, what's the evidence for that thing is, is it, it's such a, just a generic, it doesn't mean anything. It could mean, hey, this is awesome content. Like, where can I learn more about that? It could mean, eh, I'm not really sure about that. I need to look into that a little bit more. Or it can mean like, oh, I totally disagree with you, but I don't have the balls to actually say that. So I'm going to say... Someone have a passive aggressive comment that's going to create anxiety. 
<laughs> for the person right. on the other end or anger. Yes. So that, I mean, none of those things are, are great, right? Except, I mean, the first one's good, but still, like, to Jesse's point, that, that question itself, it leaves a lot to be desired for context is really what we're talking about there. Yes. So for any of those things, we want to just kind of leave you guys with a couple. I mean, the, the biggest point here is that look at the intent and purpose of what's going on. Is this something that is actively harmful to patients? Really, we just shouldn't be doing this on other people's stuff because it never leads. When has that ever actually led to a true positive interaction? And a lot of times what ends up happening is somebody posts that. Somebody fires back and then all of a sudden they're apologizing in the DMs. And it's like, well, if you're going to apologize in the DMs, you, you called me out in public. Yeah. Can you apologize to me in public? Yeah. Why don't we, why don't we put a <laughs> screenshot of those two things side by side? Right. Yeah. So that doesn't, that doesn't help anything. So the things that you can do, look things up for yourself. Like if that's something, it's not that hard, especially in today's day and age, just go to Google Scholar. If you are wondering about research on peeing in the shower, go to Google Scholar and say, should I pee in the shower? Like you're going to find something like that's the miracle of being online. And that's going to be a lot easier than asking somebody to give you their primary sources because nobody really wants to do that, guys. And nobody sometimes wants they're buried. And sometimes, honestly, they're like buried in a computer. I don't have time to go back in my reference list on my computer and like find the one thing. Now, the other thing with that is to like remember too, if I say something like 89% of people with IC have pelvic floor dysfunction, that's pretty specific. You could probably type in 89% pelvic floor dysfunction and IC in Google Scholar and find the article. One of my favorite things recently, this is a total aside, but we were doing, Nicole was doing a project uh, with the APTA and someone was like, I couldn't find the article from Barry on interstitial cystitis. And it was like, we actually sent back the link. It's like if you type in Barry interstitial cystitis into Google Scholar, it's the first thing that comes up. Literally the first thing. Guys, so it's like, like come on. Not, so... <laughs> But then this is also just gets to like, we want to have these conversations. We don't want to shut down the conversations. We just need to go to an appropriate form for that. So that can be the DMs. Uh, if that's something where it's like, oh, I'd really love to learn more about that. Hey, love then post on their thing. Loved this post. And then the DM is, hey, I just wanted to learn a little bit more about this. Is there any direction you could point me or should I just go to Google Scholar? But really, this is a great place to post something in the huddle. Where it is a practitioner form. If you guys are PTs and have not joined, I don't know why you haven't, but there's 6,500 pelvic PTs who are in that group. And that's a perfect place to say, Hey, I just saw this post about peeing in the shower. I'm not sure what I think about that. Does anybody have any thoughts? That's going to be a great conversation, right? I mean, that's the form for it. We can type. It's not on our phones. We're not checking that between patients. It's something that like, Oh, look at the form and. Choose what you want to do appropriately with that. And then the final thing. So look things up for yourself. Go to the right form like the huddle. And then finally make your own content. Just like Nicole said. Like if you see a post on peeing in the shower. I love how this has become like the through line for this entire <laughs> thing. Yeah. Uh, but if you see a post on that and you disagree, then go make your own post about it. Yeah. Go educate your own audience about it. Like that is and then a now don't be mad way. at the other PT, right? Because right. it should be kind of funny. It should be a little bit like, oh my gosh, like we have difference of opinion. Cool. Like let's put out our clinical ethos and our clinical philosophy. And then like that's the beauty of multiple people doing what they actually think on social media is that because then patients can look and be like, huh, I maybe do have more urgency when I don't pee in the shower or less urgency when I don't pee in the shower. And someone else could be like, huh, I don't know anything. I don't notice anything differently. And then want to go to either one of those two people 
accordingly. Yes, that is the biggest thing here is we need to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is letting people know that pelvic PT is a thing, that pelvic PT can help, and that we are seeing so many fewer people than should be going to pelvic PT. And anything that distracts or takes away from that or that causes us anxiety or anger or negative interactions online is something that we want to curtail because it takes away from focusing on what we want to be doing, and that is educating patients. So really hope this has helped you guys. If you do have somebody run into you and say, what's the evidence for that? I hope you point them back to this podcast and say, that's a lazy, stupid question. Please come back when you have a better one. Feel free. We are giving you guys permission to do that. And honestly, permission to be able to post and do do you online more authentically is really what we want the whole crux of this series to be about is to be creating a more supportive, empowering online community. We're going to talk about that in part three coming up. So if you guys have any questions on this, if you guys have felt this fear of the evidence police, if you've been the evidence police and you want to be a reformed evidence policer, uh, <laughs> please let us know. And then final thing, I for one am totally pro peeing in the shower. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't need any evidence for this. I am just pro. <laughs> it's the most efficient use of time. And you guys know I'm all about efficiency. So if you guys have thoughts on peeing in the shower, also let us know because we do want to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise. 